California's Supreme Court ruling could force companies to reclassify contractors as employees. The OIDA ATA battle breaks out into a full verbal brawl, all in public. Nikola Motor claims Tesla infringed its truck patents, seeks $2 billion in damages. I'm Zach Strickland, filling in for JP. And I'm Chad. And we discuss all these things and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. Sponsored by Link America, your link to reliable shipping. That's right. And it's exciting to, to have Link America sponsor us. And it's exciting to have you substituting for uh, our star editorial reporter, JP, hitting it out in Long Beach, covering uh, what, what trade show is he covering right now? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's covering some cool stuff. Um, but uh, Zach, um, what kind of beer are you drinking in his stead? I am drinking a Lieutenant Dank. By Wicked Weed Brewing. Exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a very hoppy IPA, a more traditional IPA. Not like your New England IPA, which is very cloudy. Um, it's a little bit more bitter. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have someone doing something other than drinking a Bell's Too Hearted in the house. Um, and, uh, you know, um, even though you didn't ask, I'm going to tell oh. you what I'm drinking. Uh <laughs> Um, It's also by Lagunitas. 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 Oh, thank you. Um, You're a big fan. I am. You've you've (laughs) been to the actual... I have been to the Lagunitas Brewery in Chicago. In Chicago. It is a magical experience. This one, uh, I'm sure it is. And this is a magical special ale. It's a seasonal ale. I couldn't resist. Uh, especially when I saw that its ABV was 11.3. It's called Waldo's Special Ale. And right now I'm feeling like, where's Waldo? After having drank one of these. Um, No, but seriously, um, this is going to be a great session. And before we get started on these fascinating headlines of the week, Zach, I want to test your trucker lingo. I'm excited. You know, pretty much your entire adult career, you have been in the trucking industry, right, Zach? I, I have. Not so there is no excuse for getting this lingo ex- ex- right. Ex- except for the fact that I was largely on the numerical end of that spectrum. I'm not sure what that means. That doesn't sound like an excuse, though. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, let's start out with uh, some easy ones. Uh, ready? Number one, hammer down. It means to go fast because we're okay. about to run out of time on making that, that delivery. That was an easy, easy softball one. I'm, if you had missed that, we'd be in trouble. I feel good. You're boosting my confidence. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, two, left coast. That would be California, the West Coast. Ooh, which is doing making some left-hand turns, it seems, this week. Uh, let's see. Number three. So far, so good. I'm going through my notes here. Um, where is number three? Oh, yes. Evil Knievel. I'm going to just take a guess here and say that he is a reckless driver. In- incorrect. Sorry. Thanks for playing. Motorcycle Cop is oh, an evil oh. Knievel. Now you can see the association. Good try. Good, good. Uh, number four, Bear. That would be a police officer. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Wow. Three out of four ain't bad so far. Zach Strickland in the house. Number five, Deadhead. Totally easy. 
That is a little. It easy. doesn't it, mean it, it is a Grateful Dead follower. No, <laughs> that that's basically where you're driving empty without a load to go pick up. Ding, a load. ding, ding! <laughs> so we can tell you are an industry insider. Okay, they might get a little tougher now for side two of the compilation, number six, Greasy Side Up. Oh wow! Come on, you can Greasy Side Up. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, I'm gonna just. Go out on a limb and say it's something about an axle. <laughs> well, that's that's partially correct, but not good enough for our sponsors. It is a truck with its wheels in the air. Ah, number seven, Georgia Overdrive. Oh man, you're really Georgia Overdrive. Really, I, I have I have no idea. <laughs> Put into neutral going down a hill to increase ah. speed. That's a Georgia Overdrive. Uh-oh, Strickland. Come on mm. now. Number eight, bear in the air. Oh, that would be a police officer that is airborne, such as a helicopter. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Very nice association yeah. there. Can yeah. you finish strong now? Coming down the last two, County Mountie. County Mountie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can get this. This is within. Is it a Canadian police officer? <clears throat> that is incorrect. Mm. Or, oh, it's just. I a... know you're thinking Mountie. Yeah, no, no. It's not like that. This is County County. Think County. As some sort of local police officer? Yes, and a sheriff. A sheriff. It's sheriff. Oh, okay. You can't get that. I'm sorry. Okay. That's not. That's... that's out of your. All right, and last one, and I'll give you this much of a hint. Along the same lines of what we're thinking, a city kitty. City kitty. So a city cop? Yes! <laughs> okay. Bing, 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 bing. Let's see. Barry, how many did he get right? Well, Barry's not counting. <laughs> um, we think it's a 60 or a 70, which, you know, hey, ain't bad. We'll count it up at another time. Nice job. Thanks for playing, Zach. And way to loosen things up for our very heavy headlines of the week. Uh, I mean, all kinds of conflict and mayhem happening in the world today, the world of freight and transportation. <clears throat> Our first headline that we're, seriously, there, there's a, it's kind of imp an important ruling happened. Calif this past Monday, the California Supreme Court um, ruled uh, that basically it was a ruling against employers. It was it was pro-employee and basically saying that you know they're you know you, it's going to be more difficult for companies to label workers as independent contractors rather than employees. Um, can you tell us a little bit about give us an overview of what's happening here without diving down to the weeds of this litigious language? Yeah, I don't want to go too deep on this because legal lingo is very difficult and cumbersome to deal with. Uh, basically, what's happening is Dynamex has come out and turned back way back in 2004, 2005. Dynamex turned all their California employees into independent contractors to avoid state taxes and all the other different varying regulations and fees associated with the state of California. A crafty way around taxes. Basically trying to get some extra money and the government comes in and says, sorry, uh, we're not going to let you do that. Is it such a, I mean, like, so, like, it's just a state. California's just a state, right? I mean, it's, this isn't a national ruling. What's the big deal? Like, why should we care about what California's saying? Oh, it's a big deal because California is notorious for 
governing any issue that it sees fit to govern. They're, anybody that's worked anywhere in business knows that California on the human resources side is, is nightmarish to deal with because they have so many laws and so many regulations. And just a few weeks ago, the, the California Air Resources Board came down on brokers. Yeah, what's going on in California? Uh, they, they, they basically... It's my home state. I mean, I, I love California in a way, but I mean, the, you know, I, I just, I mean, from a, from a business operator side, it sounds like there's something going, is there a connection between, so give us like, also like what else happened last week with like the, the like the car, CARB, like what is that? CARB, st- California Air Resources Board. So, so they, they came down on a couple of three PLs. They suddenly started enforcing. It, it actually wasn't three PLs. I think no. I think Martin and Roadrunner, who are oh, both, okay. but at the same time, I believe it was brokers. A couple of carriers. I think I think brokers did dispatch these loads in California. So they. They, they were and saying, they're not in California. No, no. The brokers themselves were not in California, or they dispatched the loads within California, and California says it doesn't matter if you actually are warehoused there. Like, if they're state offices, like Roadrunners in Illinois, I believe. One was in Wisconsin. And, the, and, and I think Martin's in Wisconsin. And they say it doesn't matter if you are Located. domiciled in another state. Yeah. You dispatched a truck. In California, you have to know if you're compliant or not. With what was the regul? What were the regulations? It's, you know, I'm not a hundred percent clear, but, but it they, has something to do with air and emissions. I mean, it's California; they're very green. They want to think of themselves as progressive, and so they want to regulate you. And it's but they had not regulated at all up until this time. That is what's so confusing. And then they <laughs> said that it's not precedent setting, even though they're just now enforcing a rule. Maybe it had been on the books, but they're just now deciding to. So between that and like like fines and regulations, and now a Supreme Court ruling. Yeah, and the Dynamex thing kind of is is more of a big deal because it, it touches the owner operators. And, yes. and and so they're kind of they're very exposed now now it's it it they if they go and work for another trucking company they're considered employees of that company and a lot of these owner operators do not want to be considered employees of a trucking company because the nature of who they are is independent right and right. And, and and what's happened in the California Supreme Court ruling is that they have focused on this one issue of Dynamex and applied a broad sweeping verdict to something without potentially considering all the other minutia and granular effects in the industry itself, especially in California, which is very up on the gig economy. Yes, and mm-hmm. and and some are speculating that like what would the what what are the effects going to be to the gig economy, such as you know transportation, you know behemoths, startup behemoths, Uber and Lyft and, and other startups in the area, uh, and, you know reliant on independent uh, contractors. But it feels like speculation a little bit. I mean, is it the ruling? I don't think the spirit of the law here, the spirit of the ruling, didn't mean to be. I, I would. I'm speculating, but as far-reaching as it, the potential results could be. I, I think but, they've gone and, and made it a little myopic in the way that they are trying. What was it trying to correct? It was trying to correct this. I, Dynamex basically went in and basically said. I'm going to get around this ruling and and kind of work the system. 
And and in that respect, California did have a point. Like okay. you guys are cheating us on some taxes, and we're gonna yeah. make sure that you don't do that, and other people don't follow suit. Except for the fact that Dynamex just found a loophole in their in their system, and then forgot to think about all the other people this may impact. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's what it seems like. Yeah. No. The independent contractors in any industry, um, if if that's their sole purpose to work in that specific industry, such yeah. as Uber, you know, a lot of Uber drivers, that's all they do. And so they're, they're going to have to be on the employee roster of so, Uber. Yeah. So it's obviously rattles a lot of people in the industry. <clears throat> However, um, uh, you know, there are law firms that are already saying like scopolitis, uh, transportation, uh, uh, law, uh, has pointed out that, look, right now it's a little premature to issue definitive forecasts about the impact, um, although, you know, some are already doing that. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're basically going to try to develop some guidance to address the decision both at an operational level um, and in connection with all ongoing cases that are already happening. True. So stay tuned uh, to uh, Freight Waves as we bring you further coverage of this developing situation. Another huge headline this week uh, in a week full of controversial and big headlines <clears throat> that you get to help me cover this week, Strickland, is uh, the OIDA ATA battle breaks out into a full verbal brawl all in public strange what like you as a as a previous or still an industry insider in certain ways um like give us an overview who is oida it sounds like you know a green bean manufacturer or something who is oida and who is ata and give us an overview of what's happening okay so oida o-o-i-d-a is known as the owner operator independent drivers association ATA is the American Trucking Association. So right. these two these two entities represent the OIDA people represent the independent contractor, the owner operator, the people that do not work for your bigger trucking companies like Knight Swift, Werner, all, all those people. ATA represents more the big industry, the bigger picture. And what's happened here is the ATA head, Chris Spear essentially comes out in the middle of this conference and starts blasting I would say so <laughs> the OIDA the OIDA side of things and 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 OIDA surprisingly had very little to say I think but yeah our coverage of it seems to be mostly what uh ATA president Chris Spear said with only a, a minor comment from OIDA just kind of denying yeah I I, th I think Chris, Chris Spear comes out and, and, and makes some pretty strong remarks about OIDA. And, right. And, and like yeah. referencing death threats. Yeah, and, he, said, and, uh, he said some of OIDA's stances are meaningless. He called them combative. And he said he doesn't lose sleep over OIDA's mission or how it implements uh, and you know their their mission and the struggles that, that that it faces. But then he went on to say, I mean, this it sounds like it's getting personal. It's a, he said um, 
that he and his family have received death threats from OIDA interests, and that persons affiliated with OIDA interests have threatened to bomb ATA's headquarters <laughs> in Arlington, Virginia. It's you know hardly a laughing matter, except I mean, for it's so shocking. I mean, it's it's and, not funny in, in in itself and its content, but it, it's funny that yeah. these two grown men, well, really only one grown man in this situation is are coming out and kind of saying these remarks like they're on a playground, you know, in the middle yeah, of Yeah, I mean, what, what's the relationship here between OIDA and ATA? I mean, is it a love-hate relationship, would you so, say? Or? So, so not to stereotype things too, too much here, but, yeah. but ATA is kind of like the corporate representative of the trucking industry. Okay, so, right. So they, they want to, they're basically looking at the big picture. And they want to make sure that trucking runs as smoothly as possible, creating more profits and benefits to the overall trucking community. OIDA is more of the granular, the ground-level type representation. The independent, representing the the independent guys. The independent guys guys who are on the ground making it happen. And they want to make sure that the granular responsibilities are not overlooked in this bigger picture, which is both of them have solid points. Um, and you would think like so, but it's not a love hate relationship. Is is it a, like is it like you know, a hate hate relationship? Like why can't the like what would bring the two together? You know, it's hard like, to say because really yeah. anybody that's worked in a in a corporate environment would understand that you know you, the ground level employees and the upper level management a lot of time do not get on the same page, and these two kind of operate in that same vector. They uh, the the ATA operates at the 30,000-foot view. It says, look, we're running trucks more efficient than they ever have. The OIDA people say, hey, you're ignoring the fact that you're, you know, we're not making enough money. Yeah. And I mean, well, I, you know, like what, one point that I think DC Velocity reported on <clears throat> earlier in the week was, uh, was what Spear had also said was on the issue of the under the age of 21 uh, drivers. And, and they, they asked, where is OIDA on this issue? Um, you know, they, they, they don't understand why they, OIDA wouldn't back a bill that would create more opportunity for its members. You know, and and where, where is OIDA on, on that particular issue? You know, no, Does, do they have a point? They, they do have or, a point, but we also okay. are talking about some sort of political grandstanding here where they find uh, an issue that uh, one side has not really made a solid stance on, or maybe they're not really... It's a developing situation. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily something, but... They're nitpicking a little bit, but at the same time, they have a really good point. <laughs> this sounds like some personal stuff's going on, um, and it sounds strangely like, you know, like who's how everybody's behaving. Like you know, the the it it's not super professional or you know, to no, it to is not. Call and that's... someone out publicly, like handle your your stuff in house, like a like a football team or a baseball team, right? You <laughs> that, don't want to like just say that's what's so I guess entertaining about it is that you yeah. you you have this very you know, the guy that represents the corporate environment is coming out and sort of acting like the ground level employee would potentially be considered to act in that manner. It's 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 very confusing. It's a confusing and also developing situation. We should have them onto the podcast. I Maybe have Todd Spencer and 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 Chris Spear uh, come onto the podcast, and maybe they can kiss and make up. 
You know, well, not yes, okay, because you can't, that, does, that doesn't make for good podcasting. But um, they could, you know, talk out their different, like, we could maybe hear the, the things spelled out. And, and uh, I'm serious, like, let's have them on. If, they, if they'd be willing, we're willing to listen to each side in a fair way. How about five good minutes? All right, well, uh, do, I mean, do, do, you, do you think that that's a, let's try it. I We're think it's a fantastic idea. On the editorial idea. team, let's reach out, give them a try. Next Thursday, stay tuned. Okay, for our final major headline of the week, this is an interesting one. Nikola Motor claims Tesla infringed its truck patents, seeks $2 billion in damages. Two billion dollars. Now that's a lot, right? So what's what's happening here uh, with Nikola? So so essentially, what's happened here is is Nikola and Tesla. Nikola's kind of considered themselves the first man to the plate, and Tesla's come in and you know. But they're make, doing different things. They consider themselves the first man to the plate. Uh, yeah. Okay. In this in this specific instance, I okay. think Nikola. I get the feel at least that Nikola yeah. considers themselves the first man to the plate. Is Tesla's kind of associated with, you know, auto, automated cars, electric batteries, that type of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and, that's true. And Nikola's like focused on the semi. Been and, doing their thing. Yeah. And so hydrogen fuel celled electric vehicles. I think what you have here is. Somebody that's basically saying, hey, you guys need to chill out. You're giving us a bad name because of what you're doing over there. And obviously, Tesla has come under fire a lot, (laughs) a little bit. Let's wait. Let's reel this back a little bit. I don't think they're suing them for $2 billion because of of Tesla's bad No, 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 no. No, that's not what I'm saying. They're saying that they're – okay. Well, they're saying – They have three patents that they're saying that they have – violated and it's based on some pictures taken and i and i believe it's a, a fuselage a wrapped windshield and i forget the third one it's a side door a side door and apparently here to, to me this was interesting about the story is they basically sent a cease and we didn't know this until this week they right. sent a cease and desist letter to tesla um, b- leading up to Tesla's announcement in November about their electric semi. So, uh, and, and, and what did Tesla choose to do? Uh, you know, they said, hey, they, T- Nicola said, hey, can you please hold off your announcement until we have resolved this matter? And what was Tesla's response? Nope. Just chose to ignore the yeah. letter yeah. <laughs> and made their big fancy super publicized announcement. I think it was like November seventeenth ish, and 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 ever you know, and then all the stuff has happened since then. Yeah, Tesla's Tesla's not had a good like uh, you run. Know, <laughs> you know, and it's it's interesting too. As a brief aside, um, in that time, I think it was a couple of months ago, we covered how Anheuser Busch. Had ordered, I think it was was it was 125, um, 120. They pre-ordered 125 of Tesla's electric semis, and boy, that was like, whoa! Look at Huge these news. orders that are happening yeah. for Tesla's semi. You know, and people were like, really, it must kind of be real or something. All these, but then you know what happened this week in another like story that just is. Have you heard like that like Anheuser Busch has now ordered. 800 
of Nicola's. Oh, man. Wow. That's big time. That is big time. But that's <laughs> a brief aside. It seems like they're putting, you know, I don't know. Like they. It's almost like they're picking sides. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it seems like? It feels that way to me. I don't know. Anyway, the $2 billion story, like, you know... $2 billion. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a huge money, but it's also an attention grabber. Uh, uh, I, I mean, we're not, we're not, they know they're not going to get $2 billion worth of settlement money, but they are making a point and they could potentially yeah. cause enough friction to have an impact. And that's, I think that's the point of the number. Tesla's getting it from all sides. You know, Nicola smells blood in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That might be kind of it. Let's, but, like, I mean, and, and, as, and as much as I, I agree, that, but it's like they are, this is six months ago. They, this is at least six months ago they identified this issue, and they've been talking about it for a while. For sure. And they didn't mention it in any of the announcements. They've held on to it. Until now. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting yeah. timing. So these are some of the big topics of the day. Uh, and uh, now is the time for Zach to try his best, his level best to participate in the game that Chad and JP are getting really good at. And it's big deal or little deal where we run down the, like six of the other headlines of the week in under two minutes, ladies and gentlemen. And more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, is are you ready? Zach, are you ready? I hope so. Well, ready or not, here we come. All right, so the spot market continues to degrade as the freight market stabilizes, big deal or little deal. This is a big deal. We've come off the most heated time in years in the spot market with enormous volatility. A lot of carriers have moved their trucks to the spot market. And reap the benefits. C.H. <laughs> Robinson operating margins get squeezed and Wall Street notices and reacts. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. It's basically two divisions of C.H. Robinson, Global Forward and Fresh, that have not performed. And that is not news to anybody that's familiar with C.H. Robinson. Carrier confidence has impacted freight markets as much as capacity. Big deal or little deal? This is a huge deal. For years, carriers have taken it, taken abuse from the shippers, saying like, oh, sorry, sorry, we're, we're, we should lower your rates. And now they finally come out and said, you know what, guys? We need more money for what we do. That is a big change in dynamic. All right, Chad, I guess it's my turn. So, Chad, the Shell Starship is almost ready to launch. Big deal, little deal? Little tiny deal. It's a big and se it's a big and sexy thing, but let's wait to see how scalable this car carbon fiber behemoth is that took like years to develop. But you know what? We're gonna keep covering it on this cross country trip in May. UPS is pushing to seek to deliver much bigger parcels. Big deal, little deal. I'm gonna say big deal. Even but right now, they don't, they don't, uh, they cap packages at 150 pounds. But if properly executed, this service represents a real competitive advantage for for UPS over its competitors, and it establishes UPS as kind of a one-stop shop for its existing retail partners like Amazon and Walmart. Women in the transportation industry is on the rise. Big deal, little deal. Big deal! The percentage of, 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 of women in the, in the industry only grew by 1% before, but now it has grown by 19% so far. 
They are your link to reliable shipping. And that'll do it for the big stories this week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're into learning about technology that's shaping up the industry, you definitely want to be at Transparency 18 in Atlanta this May. Visit Transparency18.com to learn more about the event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.